0: What is going on Kansas City and what is going on everybody and welcome to the beat of KC and in this case Welcome to the Kingdom crew. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see I have two other guests This is the Kingdom crew podcast. So of course there's gonna be two other guests I have Michael Darcy and Josh fan on to talk Kansas City Chiefs. What's going on guys? Doing well
1: Not much, just a little <laughs> bummed that my internet never seems to work. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You know, this is some-
2: the, this is the second attempt for all the the viewers. We had a little technical difficulty with uh, Josh's mic, Josh's Wi-Fi, Josh's computer, Josh's
1: college football team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, let's not get too
2: hey, off. Hey, whoa,
0: else. we're talking Chiefs. Slow down on the college talk, there, Josh. We got this.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. You brought up the college football, and you know,
0: <laughs> well, guys, the real reason we are here, as we are aware of, six minutes into our first attempt, is we're going to be talking <laughs> uh, cuts, and we were talking about kind of some surprises. The first one, obviously, we talked about was the third string quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Shane is getting it over Anthony Gordon. Um, I'm a little surprised, but to no concern, it really doesn't mean anything honestly because if Mahomes were to go down we know Henny time is there anyways yeah uh so really this was just a practice squad and we talked about that the biggest one that we were talking about was Taco so let's dive back into that so uh Michael go ahead and uh, since you made the first attempt go ahead and uh, tell us uh your surprise on why Taco got cut
2: yeah, so I, m- I made a video today kind of talking about it as well. But Taco Charlton was the guy for me that I really thought was going to make this team. Um, I was pretty surprised when I saw when I woke up this morning and saw that he got cut. And I think the biggest reason is I'm not super, super confident in this defensive end group. And I kind of thought that Taco Charlton's somewhat of a veteran. Uh, he's a guy that's balanced around the league a lot. But he was a first-round draft pick, I believe it was 2017, by the Cowboys. And, you know, he never really lived up to the potential, but he kind of flashed it in the last year with the Chiefs. He had two sacks before he got hurt. I broke his ankle. But I think that everybody in Chiefs' kingdom came away from that season thinking, okay, we got something in this dude. And the Chiefs found enough of a reason to re-sign him this offseason, giving him a one-year contract. And I thought, okay, right, he's going to be a shoo-in to make the team. He's going to make the team uh, opposite Frank Clark. And he might even start. I mean, this was before... Uh, we signed Ron Reed in the offseason, so Chris Jones would have still been on the inside. But there was a legit chance that Taco Charlton could have started this season or at the very least come off the bench very frequently. So I definitely expected a lot more from him. And I think that, honestly, he still was going to be able to bring some of that, uh, that energy and that production that we saw last year this year. But the Chiefs just did not think that he was going to do it, and so they released him. Uh, I personally would not have released him. I think that, you know, right now the defensive end group, you got guys like Mike Dana, Joshua Kando, Frank Clark, Josh's favorite. Um, And (laughs) I I, I can't even really think of another defensive end. Oh, I guess uh, Tim Ward, Alex Okafor. But those guys are even bubble guys. So I think that Taco Charlton gave you something in in, uh, uh, terms of depth or even somebody that could start if needed. And the Chiefs don't have that guy anymore. So – they've got their eye on somebody fairly important because I I really think they anticipated Taco Charlton making this team before the season started
0: Josh what do you think
1: well I think we all anticipated Taco Charlton making this team and yeah it I mean so it does not come as a surprise given what we all said uh, in our past couple episodes, we were all wondering, you know, is taco going to make it? Cause there's just been nothing about him anywhere. And I'm like, is this guy doing anything in training camp? He didn't really play in the preseason games. And it's unfortunate. Cause I am a fan of taco Charlton. And as I said, in my video earlier today, he was one of the more efficient pass rushers. Again, really small sample size uh last year from Taco but he was one of their more efficient pass rushers and it's unfortunate because at the beginning of training camp or before training camp I think we all saw Taco as a guy that was probably going to be in that two deep at the Chiefs defensive end uh rotation and now he's gone and as funny as it is Taco was probably one of the more proven guys among the defensive end group outside of like Frank Clark and you guys know how I feel about Frank Clark. Uh, Depending on who you
2: ask, Taco Charlton might be more experienced than Frank Clark, AKA ask Josh.
1: (laughs) But I mean, Taco, he seemed like one of the more proven commodities in this defensive end room, which is funny to say, because I mean, Taco is largely a question mark himself, but uh, it's, it's unfortunate. It sucks. I can't really say it's that much of a shocker though. If everyone was reading the tea leaves with me, Uh, but I don't know, man. I just, you hope it means that someone else stepped up.
0: You know, that kind of, I I went back and watched our last one where we were talking about the 53, you know, down to the 53 man roster. And I actually mentioned Taco being cut twice, which uh, I don't know where that came from, but. Um, yeah, I just felt it coming. I, I really did. I The reason I personally did is because I think that there's a lot more competition on this team that is going to be had and it's a lot more of a need to be had. And what I mean by that is like the receiver position. Is it going to be more beneficial to keep a guy like Fountain around, or is it going to be more beneficial to keep a guy like Marcus Kemp around? I think those types of battles are way more important than what we're seeing with an an Alex Okerfour or a Taco Charlton type. Like They can go ahead and get rid of Taco knowing that we're pretty deep. And I'm going to go ahead and pull this up for you guys real quick. I'm just doing this because I want to see how it looks with three people. Um, But I can actually pull up the depth chart for you guys. And this is just through ESPN. So if you guys can even see that, hopefully you can see that. Um, What you guys are seeing is that Chris Jones has already jumped up and is the starting left DN per ESPN, which to me is news. Um, I figured they would still have him positioned at D tackle, but I think that right there speaks to why we saw Taco go because they're projecting him to be that starter and then to fill in at the D-tackle spot when needed. So um, but we're seeing Alex Okafor there, Tashawn Wharton, Kalen Saunders, Mike Dana, um, and then Joshua Kendo, Tyler Clark, and Tim Ward. So we both we've kind of all agreed that we think. Do we agree that Tim Ward is probably going to be making this team now?
2: Uh, Either him or Alex Okafor.
1: Yeah, and I'd probably take Ward, who I think has shown more. I mean, well, he has shown more than Okafor because we haven't seen anything from Okafor. And uh, I think they would probably value Tim Ward, even though he might be, again, a little bit of a question mark like some other guys. He has that upside in Okafor. He just has that trouble staying healthy, too. So, yeah, I think I'm in agreement there.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that because I think, you know, um, that kind of leads me to this next piece. And, you know, I I really think that we are in agreement that the receiver position and even the tight end position is going to be a very down to the last minute type cuts. Um, Just because, you know, there, there is a lot of different ways you can go. We're seeing Fountain come on and, and perform in a way that is extremely good at the receiver position, but we're seeing Marcus Kemp's, Uh, experience within the chiefs organization there. So um, I'm going to start that off and either one of you guys can start it off again. Who do you think makes the roster at this receiver position?
1: You know what? I think I'll go first because I think, I think it's going to be like this. I think it's going to be Hill Hardman Pringle Robinson are all for sure. Keeps that's four receivers right there. Right now. I think they probably keep five or six probably six i'd lean six right now and i think those last two would probably be kemp and fountain i think that she's really like both those guys i think those guys are neck and neck and i think they might just go ahead and keep both of them now what a lot of people might notice is that i didn't say cornell powell and the i mean i get they drafted him i know michael's been big on that that you know he's safe because he's been drafted but i just i I don't see how they just haven't. And maybe they're just hiding him or something like that. So in the case that he doesn't make the team, they can put him on the practice squad and no one else will pick him up. I don't know, but I just don't know how you can justify those other guys or or Cornell Powell making the team over those other guys because those other guys have really earned their spot, I feel like. And I mean, it's not like we haven't seen, rookies make this chiefs team before i mean remember we drafted kavari russell in the third round uh and andy's early years and he didn't even make the team so i just i'm struggling to Wasn't see that how, dude, to how
2: Powell fits in though. here
0: and he just could never figure out the playbook he was a third round pick
2: yeah so like a little bit of different situation i i think if you're asking me which one's going to stay it's going to be to Fountain. and i think that he's looked better in the preseason um But if there is a chance Marcus Kemp makes it, I feel like Dave Tobe is going to be in the ear of Andy Reid because Marcus Kemp is really, really good on special teams. And, you know, uh, for me, when you get down to these final roster spots, it's really dependent on which player can do more. So I really would not be surprised if Marcus Kemp made it over Fountain because Kemp does more things well. I I think that the Chiefs need a, a really good special teamer more than they need a good six wide receiver.
1: I, I first, to be honest, though, Michael, I, I'll interject right there. I think Daris is right there with Kemp on special teams because remember this guy was a you know good special teamer with Indianapolis the past couple of years too. Like from what I hear, the Colts really valued Fountain as a special teamer there as well, and I think he's right there with Kemp.
2: Yeah, I mean he could be. I personally haven't seen. I mean, has he done anything in the preseason when it comes to special teams like that? Yeah. He,
1: yeah, he he's he's been a uh, gunner quite a few times and did all right.
2: Okay, so I maybe maybe that's an issue or a circumstance where they both make the team. I, I you know Josh said it. I I cannot see Cornell Powell not making this team. I could be wrong, um, but I also think that Cornell Powell has uh, potential and and his route running ability is very very good. Um, and you know we've seen this in the past where the Chiefs really don't give late round draft picks. Um, a lot of reps in the beginning. I don't think Tyree Kill had any impact in the beginning of the uh, of the beginning of his career because Way well, was a fifth round draft pick, but he started on special teams. So I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. You can't obviously compare Cornell Powell to Tyree Kill, but I also think that Cornell Powell is gonna make this team. Like I said, because he was drafted where he was drafted, and I think either Kemp or Fountain goes to the practice squad. I'm leaning towards Kemp personally going to the practice squad. Uh, but uh, I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, and Lucas, I'm sure you have some words after both of us too, but I just want to throw in, uh, you know, I could be wrong. Cornell Powell can still make it, and I would like to see him make it because, I mean, I feel like he was someone that we were all high on and including the Chiefs, (laughs) so, you know, I hope he does make it. It's just right now I'm struggling to see how Powell has earned a spot over the other guys that we've mentioned.
0: For sure. I uh you know, my my thing is is I think personally Demarcus Robinson was on the bubble until last preseason game. Um, I think what did that for me was the fact that Cole still was struggling in some aspects and it's been talked about uh in a very open platform where there were times where in that game you see Ty- uh you see Travis Kelsey even telling him where he was supposed to be. Um Mahomes is yelling at him again. In the huddle, um, and so I think there's still some disconnect there. Um, to where if let's say vice versa, Miko was doing everything right and had shown massive progressions. Um, I think that there's a chance Demarcus was the one that was because Demarcus has been the one that's been stealing reps from Miko Hardman throughout you know last year, and and um, I think the reason is just because Demarcus knows where to be. Is he going to catch it? Not necessarily. No, he's not. Is he going to go then, back? Let me interject
2: really quickly. <laughs> I think Demarcus Robinson might know where he's supposed to be, even though in the Raiders game, he didn't. He wasn't in the right spot. He overran the route. Patrick Mahomes threw it behind him. He wasn't in the right spot on that. But let's just say that for this video, he knows where he's supposed to be. But does that outweigh him on special teams? Him trying to catch the ball? Him punt return? It's just like. Demarcus Robinson is not a good football player. Like, he almost, if it wasn't for the fact that he's such good friends with Mahomes, I don't think he's on this team. I really yes. don't. His I- bad outweighs the good, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I just don't, and it sucks because I think the Chiefs disagree with all of us there. The Chiefs love Demarcus Robinson, and I think that's what's going to keep him on this team. I think if I were in charge of things, I wouldn't have Demarcus Robinson in that top four group that I said, and therefore you can make room for the other guys that we were debating about. But honestly, like I hear some people still say, and it seems like a lot of people in chiefs media will tell you this, you know, Demarcus Robinson, he's still reliable. And he, you know, it's like, no, he's not
2: media. He's not
1: reliable. Like, where are we getting this from? He's not reliable. And they say, oh, well, he'll still give you your four or 500 yards and a couple touchdowns. I think the chiefs could find someone if they were really trying. And the answer to that question who could it be might already be on roster but i guarantee you that the chiefs could find a guy that could do that the same thing that demarcus robinson does but better
2: byron pringle did it last year you saw demarcus robinson towards the second half of the season not get the amount of carries or carries not get the amount of snaps that he did in the first half because byron pringle was that good and i think pringle does the exact same thing this year
0: yeah i mean I'm, i'm with you guys i think uh you know, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that there is a, there was a shot. Demarcus didn't make this team until last week. So, really,
2: um, really quickly, why do you say that? Because if if it was like when I watched that game, Demarcus Robinson had a very poor performance.
0: Like, why do I think he makes the team? Yeah, because of the consistency and the familiarity with um, him being potentially that number two that we don't have. Uh, I think that they want Micole Hardman to step up and be that number two um, and be able to play that X position, and he's just not showing that he's fully there yet again. Um, and I think that's a big reason why. I think that was the whole purpose of them going and drafting Cornell Powell was to try to work him in to eventually be that number two. And um, so I just think this whole situation is going to be interesting just to see how the receiver spot plays out just because Hardman's not quite – yeah, he may be showing the maturity that they're asking, but is he showing the ability to go out and perform and play at that level? Um, I think that's still a question mark. And we know we've – I mean, you guys just hit, hit it on the head with DeMarcus. He, he's questionable at catching the football, very questionable at special teams, runs five yards backwards before he goes yeah, forward.
2: questionable decision-making. And i if he's our number two wide receiver, we got a problem.
0: I, I still think it's Pringle. I, I do think it's Pringle. Um, but I think that, you know, that that's the biggest thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that they look to still even address when all these cuts start to happen. I know golden Tate's still sitting out there. Uh, there's a few others that are yes, still please. sitting out there. Yeah. So, I mean, those are guys that are still free agents that could be added to this team and worked in very similar to at the pace of which Deandre Baker was. So, well, and um, even,
2: and really quickly, sorry to interrupt you again, Lucas, but <laughs> We almost signed Juju Smith-Schuster in the offseason.
0: I mean, that tells you right there. That tells you right there. I mean, that's that tells you that they were not satisfied with where they were at, and that tells you that they're not satisfied with Hardman. Um, And see,
1: and look, I I appreciate the fact that they did try to go after Juju because I did think they had a need at wide receiver. I still think they have a need at wide receiver, but I (laughs) – and I'm sure they have a good answer. The Chiefs front office has a good answer if you were to ask them. But after they tried to get Juju and it didn't work, like where the aggression went to go out and get a reliable wide receiver. And heck, I'd be a fan of Golden Tate, as you mentioned, because even though he's on in the twilight of his career, he just gets open all the time. And I think the Chiefs could use a receiver like that that is just always open. Yeah,
0: I think it I do think that eventually this is going to be something because of how aggressive they were. I I I 100% believe they were in on the Julio Jones trade too. I just think that they were to a point where they came to a realization that they do have to extend players here in the future and he was probably going to interfere with that and I think that's something that they were probably assessing with Juju too like hey, we're willing to give you this much and be a part of the Chiefs organization but we can't go past this and he felt like, hey, I want to go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and show my worth one more year. So um, yeah, it's going to be well, very interesting.
1: And real quick, uh, I'll, I want to throw this in there. A player that we forget about that the Chiefs also went after, Josh Reynolds. And Josh Reynolds, he ended up going to the Titans. I yep. would have been a fan of the Josh Reynolds move. And then I remember Demarcus Robinson resigning. A lot of people were like, well... Josh Reynolds and Demarcus Robinson are pretty much the same player. There's no sense in making you know a big deal over it. I would 100% rather have Josh Reynolds than Demarcus Robinson right now. And I'd rather really...
2: have Josh fan lining up at wide receiver Chiefs
1: <laughs> than Demarcus Robinson. Well, I've I'll tell you what. I'll run, <laughs> I'll run forward. I'll run forward. But yeah. uh, and then no, in the last like painful thing about josh reynolds choosing the titans over us is he went there because he thought he'd have a bigger role in that offense and then they end up trading for julio and it's like dude you could have came here
0: yeah but i mean i i still think he might have a significant role uh, that's uh, another obviously another topic but i think that they're gonna just sling the rock man i know they got derrick henry but i think that they're gonna be looking to throw the football
2: real i think we're going off on a tangent. I think Derrick Henry's getting 2000 again.
0: That's fine. I got him in fantasy, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, guys, I want to switch over to the other side of the football because I think we hit on – we definitely hit on, on the offensive side. Um, I do want to kind of – towards the end, we'll mention a little bit of the running back because there's been rumors that we're going to go with four running backs. Um, but uh, yeah. I want to swing over to more of the secondary as a whole. Uh, and the reason is, is because I've heard rumors that we might be rolling with six uh, cornerbacks and then even going with four to five safeties. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because we're seeing Will Will Parks get cut today. Um, and so that that keeps those guys like Devin Key around. And that keeps guys like, um, who was the other one? I can't remember who Armani else was-
2: Watts, baby.
0: Well, Watts, yeah, Watts for sure. But that keeps like some it's of those guys that... And- Yeah, so those guys are still around. So what are your guys' thoughts on uh, some of these guys in the secondary making this team? You want to go first, Josh?
1: Yeah, no. So I think they need the depth in the secondary because um, even though I've been pleasantly surprised by the progression of DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes, um, I still think that – the cornerback group and the secondary uh, as a whole could be in trouble if, you know, one or two of their top guys go down for any extended period of time. So I'm a fan of, you know, keeping more defensive backs, having that defensive back depth. And, you know, we haven't even mentioned a lot of these guys like Bo Pete keys. Like, he, I think he's had a pretty uh, quiet camp, quiet preseason, but, you know, I think the chiefs brought him in for a reason and they like his upside. And I think before he was probably on the outside looking in. So if they do keep six cornerbacks, is he a part of that group? I don't know, but I think it's an interesting little storyline. But then you mentioned how will parks is gone now and you know, what does the safety room look like? Maybe they only keep four safeties uh, and maybe I don't know. And Armani Watts, maybe he benefits from this. I'm not sure.
2: I hope so, but uh, I like the uh, the the depth. We always need more dudes in the secondary because uh, injuries happen all the time. But also, like the secondary is a very physical and demanding position where guys get gassed really, really easily. I remember uh, back in 2018, we had Traverius Ward play against the Seahawks, and it was pretty apparent oh that like he got he got gassed really quickly.
1: Yeah, Man. Tremont Smith was in that game too, and uh, yeah. We all, yeah, we all know how that went.
2: Yeah, but the point is, is you need depth and quality depth that can come off the bench and be productive, and uh, that's kind of what I think about that. I think that Armani Watts is like going to benefit uh, from there being less safeties on the team, and I wanted to throw this in here uh, kind of as a d- debate topic. I would not be surprised if Mike Hughes is better than LeJarrius Need this season. I said what I said.
1: Josh, well – um, yeah, I, You know, I was going to say real quick, you know, prime Connor. those of you that know him, he, you probably don't like him very much. And he, he has a <laughs> oh, lot of hot takes, God. but one thing that he always said to me that uh, still reigns true is if your depth sucks, you don't really have depth.
2: Yeah, that's true. I
0: feel like there probably would be more to that and he'd be telling everybody they suck. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Josh is great at paraphrasing. All right, there, there was a lot to the message. Cut it down.
0: I, uh, awesome. my personal thoughts, man. I think uh, I, I could see it. My my only concern with Mike Hughes is his, his previous leg injury. Yeah. Um, and like it was
2: neck injury. That's what it was.
0: Yeah. So, and DeAndre Baker is coming back from the same thing. So I think those guys potentially are in the same boat. Where I think we know Legarius needs going to be special. It's just can he stay healthy too? And that's that's why I'm kind of hoping that they roll with the amount of corners that they're wanting to go with because we know each one of these guys has been hurt. I mean, Traveris Ward was wearing a club for, like, half the games last year. Uh, Legere Sneak breaks his collarbone. Mike Hughes has had injury issues. DeAndre Baker snaps his his leg. Um, Bo Peep Key's fingers problems. The only one I can't think of off the top of my head is Rashad Fenton. So, yeah. um, you know, we do have some injury injury stuff going through these guys. So um, I'm excited. I think I still am convinced Devin key makes this team, even though he's had a couple of mishaps. I I have this weird feeling that Devin key is going to make this squad just because if you really narrow it down, I mean, it would be the honey badger then Armani Watts, Dan Sorensen and Juan Thornhill. And then you're, you're done at the safety position. So I think that they might go with Devin key and then plug him in on the special teams um but again, i can also
2: see them carrying five safeties because we've seen a three safety look with uh with matthew one and and Sorensen. Sorensen just plays up with the line so yeah i mean i can see them carrying another safety
0: yeah so it'll be interesting um i definitely hope that that's the route they go um which again is a reason why i want to kind of circle back and think that you know taco may not it may not
1: Okay, so we're back. Sorry, we had more technical difficulties, thanks to me. But uh, answering Lucas's question, uh, Taco Charlton being cut also comes down to maybe they value the roster spot at another position and they were just like, Taco, we love you, but we have to make this decision because there's just more important dilemmas on our football team that could be solved by letting you go. You know, that's something
0: I kind of brought up, too. I think that, you know, I think ultimately that's that's the real reason. Um, my question is, do you think that there could have been an injury that they forecasted or foreseen that was going to be much longer and mm, he may have to rehab it? And they were like, uh, we just don't, don't want to keep you around. Do you think it was anything like that or do you think it was for just that roster spot?
1: Well, I feel like if that was the case, they could have just put him on IR because then he wouldn't have counted against the roster and then they could have made a decision when he was healthy. Uh, But at the same time, we have to acknowledge that Taco has never played a full 16 games since he's been in the NFL. So maybe they were kind of like, look, dude, you just haven't been healthy and we don't want to deal with it. We've already had enough guys at the defensive end position, such as Frank Clark, such as Alex Okafor uh, that just have been constantly hurt and we don't want to deal with it. Uh, So maybe that had a lot to do with it.
0: I think so. I think so. And I, um, you know, I think my biggest thing is I think they just want to cut him for the position. I think uh, they knew that there was other battles where it's going to come down to it and they may need that spot for that and
2: Steve, my thing my thing would be like I understand that you cut him, but like why did he go in like the second wave of cuts? You still have like Prince uh Ortega or I don't even know his <laughs> name, but he's still on the team. So
0: it's because they said that they wanted to give him a fair shot to catch on with another team early on, this early on, and well, I guess not early, but early enough to where he could still catch on learn enough, and then be a contributor with another team. Gotcha. So, which makes sense. I mean, you know, I started going through this roster again, and it's there's some guys on here, like, is Dorian O'Daniel going to squeak through again? Probably. Special teamer.
1: Uh, I think if it it comes down to, like, him or Omari Cobb, yeah, they might just give the badge to Dorian because of that special teams aspect.
2: Dude, Omari Cobb has been really, really good. I want him to make the team.
1: We'll have to see. We all know Ben Neiman's making it, though, which is unfortunate.
2: Omari Cobb is better than Ben Neiman. I'll say it. I, Yeah.
0: Ben Neiman. You know, that's uh, – it'll be interesting. You know, this is another topic, but it'll be interesting to see if they address the linebacker position again in the draft next year just because – Dorian O'Daniel and some of these other, you know, Ben Neiman and, like, Amari Cobb are those secondaries. Like, will they maybe address it again with another draft pick? It'll be interesting. When Anthony Hitchens is
2: probably gone next year. Well,
1: you know, and I don't want to get too – far into this just because it could be a topic for another day but you know mm-hmm. having them address linebacker every single year you know high in the draft isn't a great strategy so maybe next year with Hitchens leaving and well most likely Hitchens leaving and a lot of guys coming off the books and stuff like that you already drafted Nick and Willie maybe they just go to a full-on 4-2-5 type of defense and they just add an extra defensive back I'm not sure yeah i mean
0: that's something to definitely be it would be interesting because you can kind of see some of that develop now um and it'll just be interesting to see um but the next thing you know obviously is offensive line i kind of wanted to save some of these spots because i do think there is some competition for some secondary spots but i don't think it's as as noticeable or as flashy as like the receiver or the dn position so Anybody from this offensive line that you feel is just not going to cut it? Um and uh we may see gone. I mean, we saw the cut today. Um but anybody else? Whitman went today, so
1: okay, I just want to say real quick and I mentioned it in my video today, but how the heck is Brian Whitman still around?
0: They signed, they resigned him just to I think to for just to have him around just in case. Um I and I Unless think it just
2: be such a terrible feeling knowing that you're just getting called into camp year after year just to get cut <laughs> like
0: Yeah I think that's honestly I think it was um it was just an a very early like hey we need you to come back just to be safe and um you know I think they predicted and forecast that he would get cut too just because uh, you know they drafted Trey Smith for a reason he's obviously showing out Kyle Long is hurt but will be back, and that's definitely going to be your number two, which then push it, pushes LDT down. Um, I don't
2: know about that, dude. I, I would not be surprised if LDT is number two over Long. Think so? Yeah, because Long hasn't played football in a I while. Mean, it'll be
0: interesting. I mean, it'll be interesting for sure because, uh, you know – so. Uh,
1: Hold on, let me just make sure. So, if a player is on the PUP list, because I assume Long will be on the PUP list, at the start of the year, the PUP does not count against the roster, correct?
0: If he st- yeah, if he starts on the the IR, it does not count.
1: Okay, because I expect out
0: for a period of time.
1: Okay, because I expect them to keep ten linemen, not including Long, and I think Long will start on the PUP. I think they want a backup for every single spot on that line. So I, but. Uh, to answer your question about if we could see anyone go, uh, man, Austin Blythe—it's not—it's just not looking good for him. I don't think because you know we talked about how he's not having an overly impressive camp, and then he gets hurt. You know, maybe they hit him with that injury designation or something like that. But it's just bad luck for Blythe because I think I mean you talked about Allegretti's taking snaps at center um, in training camp, so I'm not sure.
0: Any chance they cut Kyle Long? Very. He's a one one year guy. I just, just
1: I don't know. I feel like they feel like they can get maybe 75 to 80% of good Kyle Long, and they really value the possibility of having that as depth on their line.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just proposing the question. I mean, he is a one year guy, he is hurt already. Um, and we know injuries was the reason why he stepped away. So just curious I think with the that.
2: Line, I think the line is the last position group where we see cuts. That's that's the important one. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I agree. I think that they're going to keep as many as they possibly can. I think mm-hmm. Prince Tega Wanganango. Yeah, I think he's sticking around too, just because Michael. Really? Uh,
1: I, you know what? Yeah, I agree, Lucas. Because in Dan Harm's, um, he's over at RGR Football too. He's mentioned this too. Prince Tega has kind of looked pretty good as the backup left tackle yeah. because I don't think we want to see Mike Remmers there again. But if it's not Mike Remmers, it's probably who, Yassir Duran or Prince Tega? I think Prince Tega has put on pretty well at that backup left tackle spot. So,
2: yeah. It, it, call me crazy. If this <laughs> happened, if God forbid Orlando Brown Jr. gets hurt, I want to see Joe Tooney kick out there.
0: I think they would probably foot, throw somebody else out there just because Tooney signed uh, to play left guard. So it'll be interesting, well,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if this is, like, the Super Bowl, Tooney, oh, man. strap up, you're playing left tackle.
0: Personally, what I think they do is they'd kick Niang over there to play yeah. left tackle, and then they would yeah.
1: have Rimmers. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't well,
2: think that. They- well, t- I. <laughs> this is where we get into the fun stuff. If everything is, like, go with injuries and, and you still can have guys okay well now we're going on a tangent but i would love to see uh lucas kneeling as your left tackle joe tooney as your left guard center is either uh creed humphrey or Blythe. um i think your right guards trey smith if he gets hurt um it would be kyle long and then right tackle if we needed him to be a right tackle i think ldt could fit in there pretty well, and I'd almost rather have LDT be your right tackle than Mike Remmers.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, because we know this line's not going to stay completely healthy the whole season. It's just, it's a very competitive I mean, just clang and bang type type of player. I mean, they deal with it every time, so somebody will probably get something to where they have to plug somebody else in. I mean, that's just inevitable. That's football. So, uh, I definitely think that this is going to be a position that we see stretched and keep as many as we possibly can for sure um it, it'll be very interesting now i do want to talk real quick about the running back position um you know we see clyde go down with the ankle injury but he was a full participant in practice today darrell williams still in concussion protocol so technically that only leaves you with three running backs uh, you know we as a collective group had a very consensus um agreement that darwin thompson was not going to make this squad are we kind of changing our outlook for Darwin potentially making this, or are they going to go out and sign maybe a free agent that you know or a player veteran that gets cut from another team?
1: Um,
2: go ahead, Josh.
1: Okay, I I think the Chiefs are probably more hesitant than they've been in the past to get a veteran running back because now I might. I kind of disagree with their usage of both of these players, but we've seen them in the past couple of years sign Le'Veon Bell, sign LaShawn McCoy, you know, that veteran running back that they think still has something left in the tank and it just doesn't work out. So I think they might value someone that already knows the offense and is already an in-house candidate like Darwin Thompson. And maybe the chiefs are seeing how quickly they can lose some of their guys because all of a sudden you got Clyde with that ankle and now you have Daryl Williams in concussion protocol. That's your top two of your top running backs already down. So, yeah, maybe they rethink it and they give Darwin a spot or my guy Derek Gore. Just saying. Uh, no, I No, I definitely think he's
0: in conversation now to make the team because uh, one of the biggest arguments, and, and Michael's talked about this multiple times at camp, Darwin cannot pass block. Um, and so that's something that you, there's um, – like-
2: I'm not a cocky dude. Well, depending on who you ask, I'm not a cocky dude. You could throw me out there and I stand a better chance blocking than Darwin. I have more size to me. Like Darwin just literally gets pancaked by any linebacker that charges him. But uh, honestly, I'm just full of fun situations tonight. So I was thinking about this right when you posed this question. Let's say the Chiefs do carry four running backs. You got your uh, um, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, Daryl Williams. Um, Jarek McKinnon and either Darwin Thompson or a guy to take a look at. He's a veteran running back. We know him very well. Damian Williams might not make that team with the Chicago bears. I'm just saying, Oh God, please.
1: I would welcome Damian back with open arms
2: and Damian, you Darwin or Jarek McKinnon. You're gone. I'd rather have Damian. I mean, I really would. And I think that, I mean, how many running backs are the bears going to carry?
0: I mean yeah cuz Tariq Cohen's healthy, David Montgomery. Montgomery's the featured back. Um and then they would have Damian, so yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, did they that, just draft a running back this year? I can't remember, but I know that that would be their 3 and that's why they really wanted to sign him was because that would be their 3 backs that they would need and, you know, that's kind of what we're seeing is, you know, one guy goes down and then your second guy's in concussion protocol and now you're left with Jarek McKinnon, who has had very a very uh, injury history, um, and then Darwin Thompson, who thinks that black belt karate chopping everybody is the way to go, and and but then you got Gore, who is going to be um, you know introduced to potentially a role that he's not been used to. So um, I think we're seeing a you know maybe a point. I heard today on the radio, it's like you want to freak out about something just because you got to freak out about something, but there's not really anything to freak out on this team. And it's like, to me, this is like the spotlight now is that running back spot. It's not necessarily something to be overly concerned about or freaking out about, but it could be. Because if Clyde does start to experience a little bit more high high ankle sprains, you know, Daryl, let's say, comes back and is fine, but may reenter his protocol at some point. You're then talking about a lead back of Jarek McKinnon, and can he carry that role and stay healthy is the biggest question. I believe so, but he's, you know, been hurt, and then you're really talking about some some low of the totem pole. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can figure that out. I It'll be interesting. I think that that might be something that they're looking at when cuts do happen, just because they're going to have to add somebody, I feel, to practice squad.
1: Well, there is – There is one guy that I still don't know what his future looks like at his current position that played running back in high school. And his name is Colin Saunders. Just (sighs) saying. Oh my. Did you hear his press conference today? I will not backflip. I will
2: not backflip until
0: contract year. Good night. It's because he can't. Really? It's probably because he can't anymore, would be my guess. Can't like legally can't or like no no, he can't physically can't oh i don't think he can i think he uh got a little bit too excited with the golden corral and can't figure out (laughs) how to backflip anymore that's my guess but i heard i heard his uh he had everybody rolling he uh he was definitely a good listen to today if you get a chance go back and listen to his uh his interview it was pretty good
2: well and really quickly touching on the running back spot um I think that, and I said this on my Instagram story, I put a poll out there, is Clyde Edwards-Elair injury-prone? And I kind of just posed the question, but the more that I thought about it, he kind of is. Like, he got hurt last year multiple times, I believe. It was only, um, because remember, the only reason I remember this is because I had him in fantasy. He missed a game early on in the season, and then he obviously had the, the high ankle sprain. And then he got hurt in the preseason. So that's three injuries in less than two years and pretty substantial injuries. So it's just like, when is it going to get to the point where we kind of realize that, hey, like Clyde might not be a shoe in for all 16, I guess now 17 games.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something you have to consider. That's why having a Jarek McKinnon back there and a Daryl Williams is so significant because, and you know, that that brings us all the way back to what we talked about last time what was the true reason for getting rid of Damian Williams? Was it because he didn't want to be that number two? And he's like, I can potentially go somewhere else and earn a spot. And clearly he didn't do that because he signed with the Bears and he's going to be potentially their three. So
1: I – yeah, I'll still stand by the fact that it was because they – we're trying to uh, get as much money as possible for Trent Williams. Cause I think I remember seeing a tweet and I don't remember who tweeted it out, but it was like a verified reporter that said Damian Williams was actually on his way to the cheese facility to get ready for like OTAs or whatever it was and was reportedly shocked by being cut. So, I mean, I would love to have him back, but that's, that's just me. Yeah. Me
0: too. Any, cha- Any chance you would take Todd Gurley?
1: Yeah, I would actually. I think a lot of... No, I would. I really would. I think a lot of people no, are down not, on he's
2: him. Laughing at my, he's laughing at my facial expressions. He's not <laughs> laughing at the take. No, I no. think
1: I think a lot of people are down on him because uh, he honestly had a quietly decent year on a Falcons team that wasn't very good. He was one of the main sources of offense there. And I get he has arthritis and everything, and you got to kind of load manage him. But, you know, he's still a threat in this league like he he's Todd Gurley man I get he's not the Todd Gurley of old but he's Todd Gurley and look as someone who used to follow the Rams closely when they were in St. Louis I mean the dude's a monster and
0: has been from day one I think if he's willing to take enough you know the right money and not be overly you know hey the whole reason you're coming here is to win a Super Bowl kind of like the pitch they gave to Le'Veon because I think this would be the perfect scenario for Le'Veon to come back and play, but he clearly lit that, you know, entire thing on fire. He, I mean, he could fit right in because he at least started to learn the playbook and understood what we were doing. I mean, this would be a perfect scenario for Todd Gurley to come in and, you know, get some of those end zone touches or, like, just those certain situations where, you know, Gurley can be successful and not be out there every down and Keep, well, his knee. Keep his neat. Even blocking knee, so. on
2: third down might be something that gets him on the team over Darwin.
0: Yeah, because Darwin's getting shoved back 10, 10 yards every time. So, yeah. But, well, guys, I think uh, we've been going a little bit longer than the timer actually says. If you guys have anything else, let me know uh, or we'll wrap this thing up.
2: Yeah. Um, I I don't really have anything. I wish Taco would still be on the team, but uh, I understand it's a business and guys got to go, but uh, I'll be interested to see who gets cut next because there's still a lot of names out there. LDT might get thrown out there, Kyle Long. I don't really know, but uh, I think we'll probably see another name that we didn't really expect.
1: How about we trade Frank Clark to the Bears for Damian Williams? Straight up swap.
2: I don't think they'd take it. No, I know they
1: wouldn't. I just wanted to bring up Frank Clark before the episode ended.
0: On a side note, because <laughs> I saw this today, and I'm sure you guys may have came across it as well. Did you guys see the humor that the Oakland Raiders put out today?
2: I did not, that actually. They tr- that they tried to get Khalil Mack back? Yeah. That's the most Raiders move in Raiders history. That Trying to been... get a guy that you traded back in a couple of years ago. After he, I mean, he was good with the Raiders, but he blew up with the Bears. I mean, Mark, That's Davis, the Mark John Gruden move I've ever seen in my life. John Gruden's like, "Hey, we got to get that man back." <laughs>
1: that
2: wasn't a very good impression, but nah,
1: actually, I yeah. thought it was pretty good.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> Pound the table if you're with me. I cannot stand. I'm going to go on a little rant here. I don't, I think John Gruden is the most. Fake head coach in the National Football League. He's no. a guy that everyone like commands. He's like I command respect. No, he doesn't. His players don't take him seriously. I don't think anyone should take him seriously. He's way overrated. He gets paid like he gets paid Frank Clark money to be less productive than Frank Clark. Dare I say? But no, uh,
1: yeah, but... it's actually pretty sad because um, Gruden's been there for what four years now. He took over a Nine, tenure year. He took over a basically 500 team from Jack Del Rio and has failed to make the playoffs with them since he's become a coach. And it really makes you thankful for Andy Reid, though I've been critical of him a lot of the time. He took over a two and 14 Chiefs team and made them a winning playoff caliber team the very first year he took over. And it's just, you can only sit back and laugh at the Raiders, especially when you look at the contract they gave Gruden.
0: I think a lot of it, I mean, this is obviously a topic for uh, that could go on for days, but I think a big part of it is Derek Carr in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Derek Carr is – he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to take you to that next level, and that's where they've missed out on – think of how many quarterbacks they could have drafted in his time and just had him sit behind him and maybe they eventually force him out and they just chose not to, like – they go and they signed Marcus Mariota to a free agent contract who was actually it sounded like to me was beating him out and they just chose not to start him because it was Derek Carr so i mean there's there's so much and
2: yeah, John Groon's the type of guy that if we if we're going back to school and we're like making analogies right here he's the guy that you get stuck with on a group project and you do all the work but he comes into class holding the project and hands it in and says i did it and here you go Kind of how we won that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. That was not his team, but I digress, I guess.
0: <laughs> Spider Y2, ZY, yes. monkey, monkey.
2: <laughs> Code word for uh, Derek Carr, throw it to a receiver who's going to drop the ball.
1: <laughs>
0: Josh, you got anything
1: else? Nah, uh, I think we got our Raider bashing in for the night.
2: Yep. That we'll should be customary, honestly. We'll say it every video. We'll Got save 40, the Broncos
0: and the and the Missouri Tigers for another night with Drew Locke. And we'll, uh, we just don't want to pour that on too much.
1: Well, I mean, I, look, I've been critical of Drew Locke, even though I am a Missouri fan. Like I have said, straight up, like the dude sucks, quite honestly. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I still hold out a little bit of hope for Drew Locke.
0: Uh, in hopes that he starts so we can win more or...
1: Uh, yeah, to be honest, uh, as a Missouri and a chiefs fan, I would love for drew lock just to, however it may be trade cut, whatever, just end up somewhere else. And he kind of has like, um, a resurgence somewhere where he starts out as a backup somewhere else. And then eventually like your wins a starting shot there. Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that.
2: Uh, I think if lock gets cut, he's, he's not coming back. <laughs> he's going to. Maybe he's a backup somewhere, but Trubisky, they just signed Josh Allen to a massive extension. So it's just like Trubisky's not going to get any playing well, time unless he gets hurt. Yeah, no,
1: no, but I I, I can see what Lucas is saying there. Just, you yeah. know, somewhere a different system, new change of scenery. Because, I mean, Drew Locke from day one, since he's gotten there, like Vic Fangio basically even came out and said that he didn't want Drew Locke, but the Broncos still drafted him. And it's, I, I feel bad for him because I I know he's better than that, but I don't know.
0: I mean, in all honesty, who's to say that as his time runs out, he doesn't eventually just sign a deal with like the Chiefs because Reed is a guru with quarterbacks. And I think, and and I said this.
1: No, now we're uh, we're going to be talking all night, but I said everyone kept dragging me on Twitter because I said. There's no reason that she shouldn't be interested in Nick Bolton. And they were like, oh, the Chiefs won't draft Nick Bolton. I'm telling you, Andy Reid has a soft spot for those Mizzou guys because Andy Reed coached offensive line at Missouri for a long time. He always does his due diligence with Missouri guys. That's why they had Chase Daniels as a backup all that time ago. That's why he brought in Yasir Durant. Andy Reed loves Mizzou guys. So I would not put it past him at all to bring in Drew Locke as kind of this reclamation project.
0: I could see it. I mean it It could be a win-win because if Drew Locke performs, you could eventually flip him for something. Yeah. I mean, that could be – I mean, everybody – my hot take is Dwayne Haskins. I get what Dwayne Haskins did and what caused him to get off that team. But I would not be surprised if he has a resurgence in Pittsburgh because I think he's kind of sitting back, learning from Big Ben, seeing how things are managed. And he's kind of had a low-key, kind of sneaky good preseason that – is just going to kind of go to the wayside because Big Ben is still there. So um, I, I, I think it's something that, you know, you should consider because if Drew Locke does end up playing out his contract, sitting on the bench behind Teddy Bridgewater, he could sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he's a hometown kid. Who knows?
1: He even said in an interview once, and I have to go back and find it, but he said that he had a conversation with Patrick at midfield or something like that before one of their meetings, and he basically said, you took the job that I always wanted. Oh, oh that's a jab. Yeah. It doesn't
2: matter. Pat in his <laughs> well, first game is better than Drew Rock has ever been. But uh...
1: <laughs> I can't disagree with that. No. Yep. Uh, uh...
0: Well, I think that we can end on that uh, before we start throwing haymakers because uh, we could talk about Drew Locke and the Mizzou Tigers all night.
1: <laughs> so, well, let me let's end with this stat. I'll tell you right now, Mizzou in the last decade has more Big Twelve wins than KU. Um, you you that's cut like out
2: flex, that's like flexing that you're really really good at math to the kid that does. KU does KU plays football. They don't play football. <laughs> Let's be honest here.
0: Josh, I couldn't hear you because you cut out. And we're going to end on that <laughs> note. So thanks for
2: watching the show, guys. We appreciate <laughs> you.
0: Oh man! But in all honesty, guys, I appreciate everyone checking out the beat or the beat of KC, obviously, and then of course the Kingdom Crew podcast, guys. Make sure you f- smash and follow every one of our social medias. Uh, we are all over Twitter. Uh, definitely go to each one of our individual YouTube channels and smash that subscribe button. Um, I do have a Instagram, the beat of KC. I know Michael has a KC sports report Instagram. Josh, do you have a Instagram?
1: I actually do not have an Instagram set up for like my YouTube, but if y'all do want to follow me on my personal, it's just Josh fan with the zero instead of the O. So, okay.
0: Yeah. We were trying to run a right, raise a fundraiser with Michael Darcy's, uh, um, uh, what was the site that's going to be getting shut down the OnlyFans? Unfortunately it is getting <laughs> shut down and we're not going to be able to raise I did not our fundraising. know
2: Where you were going with that? But... <laughs> so yeah, guys I'm moving my content uh just to OnlyFans. It's where it's going to be. I'm yeah, joking by the way. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah.
0: So but we appreciate it guys we really do. This has been a, a ton of fun. Uh it's going to keep on coming so Uh, Make sure you guys smash that subscribe button. Make sure you give us a follow, and uh, we're going to continue the grind for you guys. Uh, So with that being said, have a good evening. Peace. Peace.